Learn how a future attorney studied the criminal justice system by teaching civics in prison on today's episode of the Bending Bars podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to today's Bending Bars podcast. We're privileged to have with us today Lydia Henderson. Lydia is a uh, very special guest, not only because she's going to be talking about uh, civics education and the program we're running while in prison, but Lydia was with us uh, from the very beginning, going back to the end of 2015, early 2016, when she was a student at Fort Atlantic University and was helping us with uh, our in-prison program as it was just getting started. So Lydia, welcome to today's podcast. Great to have you with us. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. And uh, as I mentioned there, um, you know, you were with us from the very beginning, going through all of the background checks and, you know, the introductory seminar, uh, you know, at South Bay and, and visiting the prison for the first time. But I thought we could step back even further and, and just kind of um, have you talk a little bit about what was it that interested you about being involved as a volunteer in the civics education program? So when I uh, was proposed the idea and was asked to help help Dr. DeRosa and to participate, I had never really thought of I never thought about recidivism or uh, you know the plight of inmates or education in, in prison for that matter. Um, but when I was introduced to it. Um, I was just very impacted by what Dr. DeRosa's vision was and um, how I could get involved to help my community. So I saw that without having any real background uh, in, let's say, criminal justice or recidivism or criminal justice reform, I was immediately intrigued because I just... I just saw so much potential from what he was talking about. So that's kind of his between his constitutional law class and then being offered um, or being asked to participate um, is really what sparked my interest. No, that's really that's really neat um, for the the uninitiated for for our audience who really has never had any uh, exposure to any kind of in prison programming or what it would be like. Uh, to go in and, and try and embark upon a program like this. As somebody who was just getting started, could you, you know, kind of paint the picture for, for them um, as to what your expectations were or maybe what some of the preconceived notions you had were uh, before going into a, a prison program like this for the first time? Yeah, um, well, I really had no clue what to expect, and I'd never been to a prison for that matter. Um, I'm pretty brave, I would say, so I wasn't necessarily nervous about going in, um, although I was curious to see how an all-male prison with life lifers in there would react to a woman being in there. I have to say it did cross my mind, but, um, you know, just the process, you know, was very official. You had to do your fingerprints. You had to get the background check. We, we did an orientation at the geo group headquarters. Um, so it felt very official. It felt like, you know, we were doing everything right and going through the system and just setting ourselves up for this program. Um, I was wondering, I guess some of the preconceived ideas that I had were, 
you know, how the inmates would react to the education, would they be interested, um, what would my exact role be, how would these guys act to, you know, a young woman telling them, you know, or not telling them, instructing them and assisting them in this class. So I just, I wasn't sure, you know, how, you know, if there'd be disrespect or maybe bad behavior or just maybe they're not really interested. They're just there to be there. Um, so those were some of the, the ideas that I had my, that I might encounter. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised though, that it was really none of that. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think you're right. You know, we all go in with those preconceived ideas and all of a sudden, to your point, we're pleasantly surprised. Um, Lydia, what was it about, I guess, you know, the, the nature of the class, you can even talk a little bit about how the classes were structured. And then as, you know, the first few weeks started, you know, kind of going on, um, what were some of the, maybe some of the immediate takeaways for you that were, um, that, that were, you know, caused you to be pleasantly surprised? Well, I remember we went in the first day and I was very nervous. Um, and, you know, we had to go through the security checks and we get in there um, and then we're in this big room and then they kind of march the inmates in. There's about 40 of them. So, you know, this was like that, that moment. <laughs> but once Dr. DeRosa got up there and started talking, I mean, the room was captivated, including me. <laughs> so it was just like immediately off the rip. You have 40 inmates stone cold silent listening to this tall guy with a little hair on his head talking about civics and they just it was almost like they couldn't they just were amazed at what they were hearing that's what it felt like i was amazed at what i was hearing i was you know there's you learn things on being a, a volunteer even when you're involved so for me that was just really incredible to see the the engagement and the interest and just kind of, it almost felt like they'd never heard this before, which I'm sure many of them hadn't. Um, so it was just pretty incredible to see that right off, right away. It didn't even take till the next time, you know, it, it was immediate, immediate impact. It felt like. And as you probably recall, as we were walking them through this intro civics program, Part of your role, right, as as a volunteer, was to engage in in discussion you know, after the initial sort of opening lecture, you know, to, facil to facilitate dialogue and discourse amongst the guys. I know you went on and graded papers as they turned in their final papers, but could you share with us, Lydia, a little bit about that experience uh, as you would, you know, kind of be a uh, moderate discussion there uh, every every week with the guys. Sure. Yeah. This was kind of where it was like, this is where um, those preconceived no notions would really be challenged because now it was just me and um, Isabella with these guys in this small group. Um, but, you know, it was, it was really cool because these guys wanted to talk. They wanted to share their ideas. They had ideas to share you know, the information they were getting was really turning the wheels, so to speak. And, while really my role was very hands off, you know, I wanted to hear what they had to say. And if there was a shortage of words to say, which there never was, you know, maybe I'd instigate with a question. But 
for the most part, it was just, these guys just had, they just had stuff to say on their own. They had, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They had, you know, qualms with, with the, the justice system. They had ideas about the constitution and their rights. And, you know, you just, as the course went on, you saw their ideas not only evolve, but become more confident. And it was just, so yeah, I, you know, it was very, it was very, it was intimate and it was nice, but it really was the, it was them talking. It was them describing what they were learning and asking questions. And, and like I said, very hands off. I didn't, there wasn't much I needed to do. They, they did it all for me. You know, I think part, part of the program, part of the civics education program and, and the initiative of bending bars and podcasts like this is to, is to begin you know, to change the narrative on incarceration and the value, you know, of, of our men and women who are behind bars. Um, don't you feel like often the mentality that is, is, is the dominant mentality out in our society, right? Is like kind of lock them up and throw away the key as if they don't have anything of value, right? To offer. Um, and we know 95%, as so many stats tell us, of our incarcerated men and women are getting out. But it sounds to me like in your dialogue and, and your time with them, they, they do have a lot to talk about. They have a lot to share. Uh, and, and, and they can and should be valued, right? Were there any kind of moments of insight that you just said, wow, I mean, just the stuff that I'm hearing is just absolutely un unbelievable. Well, I remember one time um, this man, and I don't remember his name, but he he spoke, and he was an older guy, probably like in his 60s, and he was, you could just tell he was so frustrated because he, I believe, was serving a life sentence, and he felt that the punishment didn't fit the crime, and, you know, you don't think about punishment on an everyday basis or how long somebody goes to jail because they were caught with a little bit of pot or they robbed a store or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, it's not every day that we sit here and think about, Oh, well, how, how many years does somebody spend in prison for this? Or is that, you know, proportionate? Is that what it should be? So to me, getting that real insider information was, was eye opening because you, I mean, I'm, a, I'm in law school now, so of course it's really relevant, but it's just, you know, when you get to see it from their perspective, it's like, wow, is this really fair? Is this really justice? Is this really what we're, you know, our society is trying to achieve through incarceration? So it just, you know, it just steamrolled all these thoughts and these ideas and, and just by his comment, right, his frustration with his current situation, and he had been in prison for a very long time. And of course, he wasn't the only one. Um, and then another thing that was very cool was you, well, you see these guys really feel awful about what they've done, especially if it was egregious. And some said, leave me in here. And that was like, whoa, okay. But, you know, I think that these comments should help shape not only the conversation about criminal justice reform, but just how we view crime and punishment in our society. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's uh, oftentimes I hear the distinction between, you know, crime and punishment versus, you know, rehabilitation and vocational training, educational programs like ours, which can uh, 
which can affect you know that that narrative change that, that we discussed. Lydia, so the course went on for what about 12 weeks, and then I was wondering if you could also share with our audience a little bit about how the course ended. Um, there was a graduation ceremony, there were officials that spoke, there was a lot of energy and excitement around that ceremony, and I was wondering if you could also just kind of talk you know, with us too about how that course ended uh, with that ceremony. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was really something special. Um, I remember we were, um, we met in the conference room where he, we had our classes all semester and you know, everyone had their robe on and you just could feel the excitement and just energy. And they were very, you know, just, it was just a very, very happy day. But I, I, I'll never forget the, um, I believe it was the award. He said, um, out of all the programs that are, that they have and offer to the inmates, which was pretty extensive. I was impressed by the amount of programs and services uh, the prisons offer in general. But um, he said that our class specifically began with 40 students and 38 of them graduated. And he said that is unheard success rate in their classes and services that they offer. And I was really impressed by that. I mean, not patting myself on the back, but just, you know, wow, these guys liked it that much because they don't have to be there, right? So when he said that, I thought that was just, you know, clearly this is something that people want to hear and um, particularly inmates and it's particularly relevant to inmates. So, um, you know, that really stuck out to me. And of course you had some of uh, the guys talk about the class and it was just, it was emotional and it was happy and it was enlightening, you know, it was, it was just very cool. <laughs> no, it, it really was. It's, it's a powerful day. And, um, you know, those ceremonies, uh, they just always reinforce for me, you know, just how valuable of an opportunity it is to, to go in and continue uh, the civics education program. Lydia, you mentioned um, you're in law school. Congratulations. Um, hope uh, everything is continuing to go well there. Um, depending upon what area of law you, you do end up practicing, I'm curious, just, you know, with your previous experience in the civics education program, um, has it uh, maybe pointed you in the direction of you know, criminal justice in, in, in that particular area, or are you just um, just looking at a different area of law? I'm just curious um, in terms of how that experience has shaped and, and affected your desire to pursue your law studies. Well, I would say it helped me decide to go to law school. Um, going to law school was something I just was indecisive about. You know, I really want to go, and then oh, the logic games are really hard. And, and then it was just this constant back and forth. So when, you know, I was invited to participate and did participate, that really changed everything. And I did end up becoming a high school teacher in the interim, but that also helped shape my decision to go to law school. Um, but as far as pursuing criminal justice, it's a very, you know, you're dealing with people's lives and taking away every liberty, you know, their freedom, their liberty. And I don't know if that's something I want to do personally. Um, I have thought about being a defense attorney because I think I'd be a really good one. Um, and I 
think the courts need to be accountable. So I think some of these, for example, prison sentences or due process problems or whatever might, you know, whatever might happen through the process of charging and convicting somebody. Um, I think if I were to enter the criminal justice arena as an attorney, it would be as a defense attorney. Yeah, and I can imagine um, yeah, just having that experience out at South Bay um, was just, as you said, incredibly helpful uh, to, you know, maybe depending on where the needle points on the compass of, you know, your legal specialization, then uh, that's always going to be uh, an important factor. But what I find interesting, Lydia, is that um, you have, you know, so uh, enjoyed being a part of the program that you're coming back to help us out this summer. And um, I think it's great. And I was wondering if you also might be able to share a little bit about uh, coming back and, you know, helping out with a couple of our classes, economics and lit, uh, as we launch those. I saw you, you held up your copy of Tocqueville's Democracy in America. So I'm excited. Big one. <laughs> the biggie, yeah. And and as you know, uh, the guys that read just simply excerpts, right. as you recall, they read the entire textbook. Oh, they are. I was wondering. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a uh, we we keep the standards high, and we want them to really engage the entirety of of the textbook. So, uh, but it's going to be great to have you back out there, especially for the lit class. Yeah, I'm really excited um, about the Democracy in America book. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, but I forgot what your question was exactly. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Just kind of as you anticipating your time out there, just thinking you this will be your your first time going back in, in a few years, and uh, just thoughts about that, and uh, uh, as you're doing class prep uh, on Tocqueville. Yeah, I um, I love teaching. So I am in law school, but I, I think that no matter what I do, I'll always have some sort of educational component in my life. Um, but, you know, it's just going to be really exciting to dive into a primary source. And that's what I love about this is this is, you know, words out of the mouth of a very smart man uh, that was alive during a time where you started to see transformations in American society. But his comments were just, you know, uh, I'm really, I'm really excited to really flesh out, you know, what these what these guys in prison think about what he has to say about how to keep America good and great and how to stay free and, uh, you know, maintain our democratic principles and things like that. So, you know, I'm just excited because it's such a, it's not only an interesting topic, but it's very relevant, especially as we see so much change in our society right now. Um, I think it's, it, people often don't see, you know, a book that's written, what was it, 18? 30 something you know why is that relevant to today well let me tell you it is so relevant because what happens when you forget the history what happens when you don't know where we come from what happens when you don't know how we've changed um so i just to me it's a timely book despite its age and you know it'll i'm sure that our our students are going to enjoy it. So that's what I'm really looking forward to is seeing, bringing history to life and seeing how relevant it is today still. Yeah, and, and for sure the you can you can see the connection between uh, the basic you know, and core principles of civics and then and then the next step, you know, having them do a deep dive into a great text like uh, Democracy in America, um, and, and and 
they're reading uh, you know, by a, a foreign commentator who travels the United States to talk about just the value of the American political order. Um, you know, that connection there is is just vitally important. Um, Lydia, don't you find it interesting that, um, and, and, and it's almost a stroke of irony in many ways that we're taking the time to be with these, these inmates um, who can help us appreciate, right, the value of that American political order. I, I often find it interesting, and, I, and I've shared this with, with the guys, um, I never realized that I also had uh, a civic duty, which um, one of the many, but one of them is at least at this point to, to go in and to teach them about civics, right? It, it's, it's sort of, it's somewhat ironic, right? That we're going in and, and we're doing this. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm already thinking about all that I'm gonna learn over the summer. And you know, that's how it was with, with the first classes, you know, even though I had a, a master's degree in political science, you know, that doesn't mean you know everything and far from it. But, you know, just stepping in, it was, for like I said, I was just as captivated as everybody else in the room because it's, it's just, you know, it's just knowledge and information that goes to the core of humanity and society and the individual and, you know, just your attitudes and values and duties and, and rights. So it's, I mean, it couldn't be more personal, but also so, well, you know, just it extends so far beyond the person too. So it's, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, you can tell they deeply appreciate, you know, coming in and spending the time with them. You mentioned that, that kind of insight. Um, and of course, the, the connection you know, between rights and duties, certainly not only as a, as a citizen, law-abiding citizen, but as, as a future attorney, uh, that's got to be a, a pretty cool thing to, to begin to see people who, yes, who broke the law, who are doing, you know, quote, the time for the crime, but at the same time are beginning to realize, hey, you know what, I've, I've got to be, and, and to truly understand, um, you know, that I now have a duty to respect the rights of others. That's got to be just a really cool thing for you to see. Well, it's, it's great to see that this class allowed them to see that because apparently it wasn't there before or they hadn't been taught or they hadn't been told or they didn't read it or whatever. Um, you know, so they're seeing this fundamental principle of just social relations of rights and duties. And of course, we're a constitutional system. So, you know, our social contract, so to speak, says, you know, what we, how we ought to treat or how the government ought to treat us. And, and then of course, laws tell us how we treat each other. But, um, but yeah, you know, it's, sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, it's all right. Social contract and how, you know, right. we have to. We the have rights to, and duties. Exactly. As we get out, as they get out, they have to, you know, they, they have, they have an intellectual understanding of why they should act. Well, what also, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but what it also shows is, you know, it's people, it's lawyers that write laws. So. <laughs> I have an interest in knowing the outcome or the impact of my law, right? Not that I wrote it, but the laws that I uphold, what are they doing? What's the result? Are they, are they, you know, fulfilling and satisfying those policies that undergird them? So to me as a lawyer going in or a future lawyer, you know, it's, it's, it couldn't be more relevant and it, it couldn't be more important to the discussion that, 
politicians or our representatives should be having. You know, I don't think these things should be stagnant. And especially if you have an outdated sentencing system or, or, or even criminal laws that maybe people don't care so much about anymore, especially in relation to, let's say, drug charges. But, you know, it's it help, being with the inmates helped to invigorate that conversation. And, I, and also you're seeing that that class taught them more than their 30 years in prison prior. And that was a big deal to me because you have these guys in prison. Some might never get out, which is just a tragedy, but maybe that's best for society. You never know. But, you know, depending on the crime and things, they've been in there. Is it rehabilitating them? Like you mentioned, it's not, well, a part of punishment is rehabilitation, let's say. So is it accomplishing that? And I think there's a lot of evidence suggesting not very much, but then here we are, you got an idea, civics, maybe these guys need to learn fundamental things about what it means to be a citizen. And wow, look, I mean, it, transformation in three months. <laughs> You're right. It really is. And um, and many of them um, decided to stay on with the program, as you know. Um, as you said, none of them have to be there. None of them were obligated really to go to any class. Uh, they decided to stay on um, between you know, that point and even up to this, uh, up to today, we've had about, I think, 250 students who have been in and participated in one or more of our classes. We now extended you know, the civics education program for a second facility, more data correctional, not too far from South Bay. So you're right. I mean, it's the power of education. And I think the appeal of the program really does speak for itself. Um, Lydia, do you think that, you know, as a, again, as a future attorney, do you think that there are other uh, law students that would uh, be interested in attending? And if so, don't you think that would help kind of this narrative shift? In other words, if they're going to be engaged in in the law at some point in their future um how valuable of a program would this be for uh i know you know i know you're incredibly busy when you're in law school but um but something like this is kind of a, an internship of sorts how important do you think that would be for other law students i think it would be just as life-changing for them and i uh i actually out of the blue someone from my class messaged me and we started talking and I told him about the program and how I would be involved. And he lit up and he said, I'm interested in criminal justice reform. And the thing that a lot of, you could say, activist-minded people have, a problem they have is, how do I go about, you know, fulfilling this desire I have for change or learning about it or getting involved? So there's no doubt that there's, plenty of law students that first already have some sort of interest or idea in criminal justice reform or whether or not they they care about recidivism or reform they're in the legal system so being involved in this program is could be i mean it would to me it would absolutely influence the narrative i mean you're getting a whole generation of lawyers or you know a whole new slew of them who come with a new perspective with new information with firsthand information um to be able to you know 
come into the real world and make something happen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, they're going to be in, they would be in contact with individuals who have uh, violated the law. Now we're, some, you know, paying the consequences, if you will, but at some point we'll be returning, you know, to our societies, to our communities and neighborhoods. And just to have that kind of, you know, kind of raw experience uh, in and through a program like this would be, would be pretty cool. I want to get the name of that, uh, of that uh, friend of yours, because I would love to uh, plug him into the program and bring him on as well. But uh, well, Lydia, listen, we're um, super excited to have you back with us, especially out for our summer course, uh, helping out with literature beginning next week. Um, it's just great to have you just because I know you have such a passion and such a heart, right, for education and for you know helping these guys really understand properly um, what it does mean to be a returning citizen. And uh, so thanks for your uh, upcoming help this summer in our lit class. And Lydia, thanks so much for your time today on the Bending Bars podcast.